church and welcome Pastor Mel. Awesome, thank you so much uh, Adele. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? It's freezing, but it's so good to see you in God's house because it's warming up in here, isn't it? The Holy Spirit keeps us warm, right? I saw Glenn's eyes light up when um, uh, Adele said Jacob's probably going to make the best curries. I'll give him a bit of a run for his money. So here we go. It's competition. It's on. It's on. So praise God. So Pastor Jacob is at Encounter City Church uh, this morning. We know he's going to be a real blessing there this morning. Uh, and we're preaching in the middle of a series called Heads or Tails. And, uh, and it's about how God views money and, um, and how you can win with money. Because it's important, right? You know, it's such a big part of our life. And it's good to know how God sees money and how you can win with money. And uh, thank you so much, worship team. That was awesome. So l- last week, Pastor Jacob, he preached an amazing uh, message from Luke chapter 16. And so this scripture that he preached on was directly speaking about money. And Jesus was saying, money is the least in God's kingdom. So according uh, to God, according to Jesus... Uh, money is the least significant. It is the least important. To us, really, it's the most important. It's very important because you need money to eat. You need money to pay the bills, to have a house to live in. But he's saying to him, in God's realm, it's the least significant, the least important. And he says, if you are faithful what he considers the least, if you're faithful with it, then you can be trusted with much. And there's such a key uh, spiritual principle just in that in that scripture um, and when you're trusted with much you're trusted with true riches uh, and this is speaking about purpose and destiny and peace and joy uh, and what Pastor Jake was saying is is money is is the very least yet the way you handle it is the most important so it's the very least but the way you handle it is the most important it's extremely important in God's eyes uh, and the way you handle money is is a gauge for your promotion for promotion for walking in your destiny and your purpose you know I see people uh, that are sort of banging their heads up against a brick wall wondering why they can't quite crack through and walk in destiny and purpose and peace and joy but we need to take a look at at how you handle finances and it's not about how much you have it's not whether you have a little or have have a lot that's not the point it's how you're managing what you've got is the most important and so um, being faithful with what you have uh, you know I've learned a lot about our uh, finances through two guys David Ramsey uh, check him out he's uh, amazing expert in his field and also uh, Robert Morris as well pastor Robert Morris he's a pastor of a church a gateway church in America in America and I've learned a lot of him as well and he's an expert uh, in his field as well so a lot of the stuff that I'm going to share this morning uh, it comes from that it's too good not to share right And so I'm giving credit to them before I continue on, right? Because that's the right thing to do. Uh, But the very first thing to understand is this, that everything, everything we see, everything we we own is God's. It's his. It's just his. It just is. And we have to get that revelation. You know, the money sitting in your account right now, it's not yours. It's God's. And, and a few people just went, like this. (laughs) I I heard it. (laughs) But God is the owner. It's his. Psalm 50, verse 10. Every animal of field and forest belongs to me, the creator. He's the creator. I know every movement of the birds in the sky, every movement, and every animal of the field is in my thoughts. The entire world and everything it contains is mine. The entire world and everything it contains is mine. If I were hungry, do you think I'd tell you? (laughs) I like that part. 
If he was hungry, do you think he'd tell us? No, because everything is his already. For all that I created, the fullness of the earth is mine. You know, God doesn't need anything from us. He doesn't need anything from us. He's not trying to take anything from us. He's not trying to get anything from you. In fact, it's quite the opposite. He's trying to get stuff to you. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get stuff to you. He's not trying to take uh, from you. And this is the revelation that we have to get, that it's not our stuff, it's his. God is the owner of everything. And some of you have that revelation and some of you still need to get that revelation. But I encourage you to pray and ask God to, to give you that revelation in Jesus' name. And so, you know, I understand as the pastor of this church that this isn't my church. This isn't my ministry. I'm just serving Jesus just as much as the person next to me. I understand that it's not my church, it's not my ministry, it's his. And God builds his church. It's all his. Uh, and so when Jesus taught on money, he wasn't trying to get uh, people's money off them. And he spoke a lot about money. It's the second, as Jacob clarified last week, the second most thing that he spoke about. The first was the kingdom, the second was money. But it wasn't to try and get people's money off them. He was trying to teach them spiritual principles uh, that would benefit them and their family that would change their lives. That was the, the, the motive behind Jesus speaking on money. And uh, Jesus understood that he had to get people to a place where they worship God and not money. Where they worship God and not money. Matthew 6.21 says this, For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. So he was trying to catch people's hearts and he wants to catch your heart today too. He may already have your heart, but he wants to catch your heart. And, uh, you know, it's not about making money either or having money. It's great that, that, you know, it's good to make money. It's good to have money. Some people have the gift of giving. Uh, they make money specifically for God's kingdom. So it's not about that. Money itself is not evil. That's not a bad thing. But the way you handle money is what's most important and that's what God's looking at. Um, It's about putting God first place in your life. And he knows if you can, he can catch your heart with this, then you're able to put him first place. Jesus warned us in verse 24, uh, chapter 6 again in Matthew, how could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. It just can't happen. And that's what he's telling us. That's what he's telling you. That's what he was telling the people back then. And it's the same message for us today. And so money can become an idol in your life. And it can become a God in your life as well. And Jesus warned his people against this. There's only one true God, isn't there? There's only one true God and it's the Lord God Almighty, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Lord God Almighty. And so... Your relationship with money is so key. And there's a story uh, in the Bible about a prophet, Elijah, and a widow. And we're going to read from 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7. And it says this. Sometime later, the brook dried up and beca uh, because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. 
He called to her and asked her, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, and bring me please a piece of bread as well. I added as well, but I think it's funny. Can you get me a drink? I'll make it a piece of bread. <laughs> anyway, and surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a, in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Uh, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me. Again, the bread. <laughs> he must be Italian. A uh, small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Uh, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Uh, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. What a cool story, hey? You know, you'd have to wonder though why God would send Elisha uh, to a woman that's only got one meal left. I mean, why? Why wouldn't he send him to someone that, that's got money or food or can provide, but to a woman that's got one meal left? It sounds almost, it just sounds a bit backward to me. Sounds a little bit mean as well. I mean, she's like, hang on a minute, we've got one meal left, me and my son are eating it, and then we're going to die. And, and God's sending Elijah because there's a famine in the land because he wants some food too. You've got to wonder. But what we need to understand is that God sent Elijah not for Elijah but for the widow. Not for Elijah but for the widow so that God could provide for her, to take care of her and her family. It wasn't about so much about Elijah. I'm sure God cared about Elijah, but he was trying to get stuff to her. She may have wondered as well, you know, why are you doing this? Why me? You know I've only got one meal left, right? Why are you sending this guy to me that keeps asking me for bread? I've only got one meal. She must have been questioning and wondering why. Yet she was obedient wasn't she? She was obedient. It said uh, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. She didn't understand but she was obedient and then the miracle occurred. She went away and did as Elijah had told her and then there was food for her and her family every single day during a famine. I mean that's the miraculous, right? The absolute miraculous. You know, some people think that God wants... Uh, you to tithe just because the church needs your money but it's not it's God's trying to get stuff to you and your family just like he was trying to get stuff to this widow and her family it wasn't about Elijah it was about the widow and her family and so God's looking out for you he's trying to get stuff to you uh, and something that's so important in this story if you read on um, the her son ends up getting a terminal illness and so what happens is is that Elijah raises him from the dead and so so it's not so much about our finances it's about our whole family it's about miraculous things happening right through our family not just our, so much more than our finances you know had this if 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 that hadn't have happened if she hadn't have been obedient and did what Elijah had asked 
I mean, I don't know what would have happened. Would, would her son have still got the miracle? I'm not sure. But the, the obedience triggers the miraculous. And we have to understand it's so much more than our finances. It's about our whole family. And that's what God's trying to do to get stuff to us. It unlocks the supernatural. It triggers the miraculous. You know, when we read in Malachi, we read about the tithe, the famous Malachi scripture that every pastor or preacher will, will speak on when they're giving the offering. But that talks about protection, about protecting your crops and, and your vines and your fields. It's, it's so much more than finances and it's a revelation that we have to get. It's so important. You know, I've always uh, tithed pretty much uh, from when I got saved. And I didn't always understand it. I didn't have the full revelation. I was just being obedient. It was what, what I was taught. And I was like, cool, no worries. My ways haven't worked. So let's try something different. And, uh, and Hebrews 13.7 says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So I thought, that sounds good. Let's do that. And so that's what I did. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we just need to be obedient, even when we don't fully understand, right? We don't have to understand everything to step out in obedience. Because guaranteed, in God's realm, in God's kingdom, we're not going to be able to understand everything. And we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with that. And so, even though myself and Jacob uh, have always tired, Jacob was the same as well. He was like, cool. My life hasn't worked. Let's try something different. Uh, so that worked for the both of us as a couple. So that was cool. But, and, and we saw awesome miracles along the way um, in regards to our finances with us tithing. You know, bills being paid miraculously. Uh, awesome favour financially when we're getting married. Uh, amazing opportunity when we're building our house, etc. You know, miracle after miracle. Never going without God always coming through. And this is just... And I'm just talking about the basics of tithing. It's just a, a standard basic... Uh, yet, but as much as we're giving and God was looking after us, we weren't really getting anywhere. Like, we, like he was looking after us, but it, we weren't really sort of catapulting where I thought we should be. And uh, so in essence, we're going around in circles. And, uh, but what we discovered was that, you know, just as you need two legs to walk in life forward, <laughs> and you guys might all have this, so that's cool. I can preach to myself this morning. Just as you have two legs to walk forward, you need two legs in finances. Two legs in finances. And Jacob touched on this last week. You need generosity, but you need good stewardship as well. <coughs> generosity and good stewardship. And so, you know, we had the generosity part happening. <coughs> the basic tithe missions, you know, the church building fund. Uh, and, and we understood those principles well. Yet the stewardship, the other leg, was a little bit wonky. It needed a little bit of strengthening. We had some work to do. The, the, the generosity was okay, but it was, it was handling our money, being a good steward of what we had. It didn't matter if we had a little or a lot. We needed to handle it and manage it well. And so we need to strengthen one of our legs to move forward in our finances. And, but for years, we're just going around in circles. But you said, you'll open up the heavens, you know, and, and we're just, and it's like, well, hang on, we're missing a big part. We're missing a big part. And um, so some people are generous and they go around in circles and some people manage their money well, yet they're not generous, they're stingy. <laughs> That's a good word, right? I like that word, stingy. And uh, they also go around in circles. So you've got the generous that don't manage their money well, going around in circles. And then you've got 
the people that do manage their money well, that are good stewards, but they're not generous, they're stingy, and they're going around in circles too. And so, but what we want to do is move forward, right? That's a good place to go. And uh, I hope this is helping somebody this morning. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, Give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy, there's that word again, a stingy heart. The way you handle matters, handle that word again, handle matters like this triggers God, your God's blessing in everything you do. All your work and ventures. And so again we see it's connected to purpose and destiny all your work and ventures. And again, we see it triggers the miraculous. So important. So if you are a good steward but not generous, then God can't bless you more because the whole purpose of blessing is so that you can be more of a blessing. And so you've got resource here and you've got the need over here. And so God's the resource. He's the source, remember. And so he wants to get the source, the resource over to the need and you're in the middle. And so it needs to be able to flow through you. It has to flow. If it stops here, then he's going to stop pouring out. You'll get by, you'll be okay, but it's going to stop here. He's looking for rivers, not reservoirs, where it just collects and stays. It has to, he's looking for people that he can get the blessing through from him through the person to where the need is at. And so if you're a good steward but not generous, God can't keep giving you more. And then the flip side of that is if you're generous and not handling your money well, then you're not being faithful. It's back to that scripture. You're not being faithful with the little that he's given you. And so it's the same. And so we need two legs. We need good stewardship and we need generosity to move forward in our finances. Is that okay? You guys are listening hard. <laughs> I'm scared. Nah. <laughs> where am I? And so, where are we? Two legs. I've just jumped all over. And so for us, as, as back to me and Jacob, as much as God was looking after us, uh, we went to a whole nother level when we decided to be good stewards and uh, to have two strong legs, not just one, uh, and start winning with money. And so the very first decision that we made was to get out of debt. We made a strong commitment to just get out of debt. And uh, Romans 13, 8 says this, Let no debt outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Straight from the Bible. And, uh, and so we made a commitment a number, a number of years ago to do everything that we could to get out of debt. And so we cut up our credit cards, no more credit cards. Uh, we didn't go away on holidays uh, for that amount of period until we got out of debt. Uh, we had a car and it happened to be mine. It's like, why do we have to sell my car? <laughs> I loved my car. It was an awesome Jeep. It was brand new. It was, it was fantastic. But it had car repayments. And, uh, and so as painful as it was, we decided to sell my car because we didn't want the car repayments because we had a goal and our goal was to get out of debt and that's what we're doing. And so I drove around in an old car that kept breaking down for a while and, uh, and at one stage it was like, well, we don't even really, we, you know, we tried to get by with one car. And, uh, and this is only just for a period of time. You know, it's only for, it's not, it's not the rest of your life, you know, so we don't have to curl up in a ball and cry and, and then just die like that. The, the widow, that's what her plan was, right? 
Uh, we didn't buy things that, that, that we wanted, only stuff that we needed. And we just focused all our attention on paying off our debts. And, and we applied the teaching from Dave Ramsey. So he's like, you save $1,000 emergency money uh, and then you start with the smallest debt first and then you just start working them off right up until you get to your mortgage. Um, so everything, so we, we paid everything off and it should have taken a lot longer than a year but we paid everything off except our mortgage in a year. And that was for the amount that we had was absolutely miraculous. And so it's amazing what happens when you make decisions that are in, in line with God's word and then he just adds the supernatural. You take that first step in him and he loves it and he just starts blessing it. And so we do what we can in the natural and then he just throws on the supernatural, which is awesome. And so we started, you know, we, we got pay rises. We, people started randomly giving us significant amounts of money. We just kept seeing miracle after miracle and really got a lot of financial breakthrough uh, as we began to make that decision, hey, we're getting out of debt. And um, were we still giving? Were we still tithing? Yes, of course, because we're keeping this strong leg strong, right? And so we're working on, on the other leg because that was the wonky leg. And so we're strengthening that. We're getting better at handling our money, at being good stewards. Uh, and so it's not one or the other, it's both. I mean, last week I think Jacob's like heads or tails and he's like, yes. <laughs> it, it's both, yes. Heads or tails, yes. Psalm 19, 7 to 9 says this, The revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. The signposts of God are clear and point out the right road. The life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. The directions of God are plain and easy on the eyes. God's reputation is 24 karat gold. Who loves 24 karat gold? All the women in the house. With a lifetime guarantee, the decisions of God are accurate down to the nth degree. You know, when I read this, I get excited. You can't argue with God's word. I mean, 24 karat gold with a lifetime guarantee. I mean, how awesome is that? And his decisions are accurate down to the nth degree. I don't even know what nth means, but it sounds awesome. It's like nothing. It's just nth, right? Does anyone know? Nth. Down to the nth degree. His word is rock solid. As solid as a diamond. 24 karat gold. His ways are right. He show, it's all in, I don't have my Bible, which is very unholy of a preacher. It's, it's there. It's all in, no, that's right. I just want to say it's all, yeah. <laughs> Give us a It's all in here. <laughs> Thank you. Everything we need in here. Rock solid. 24 karat gold. Down to the nth degree. Where, you know, we walk around and say, what are we doing? I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, just open this. <laughs> He's given it to us. How cool is that? And when he says something, we can do it and expect great things. My kids are always saying to me this, you said this and you said that. And I'm thinking, what did I say that for? You know when you just want to get that, yeah, yeah, we'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, what why did I say that for? Now I have to follow through. But we need to be the same with God. You said this. Your word says that. Except he's not like me. Or maybe like you. He's not like, what did I say that for? He's like, yes and amen. Yes and amen. You know, when our prayers line up with his promises, it's yes and amen. He's not up there going, what did I say that for? 
Oh, shouldn't have put that bit in the Bible. Oh, I shouldn't have made that promise. Gee, what did I say that for? Our faith and obedience aligns with his promises and the miraculous occurs, right? The miraculous occurs and we have to surrender the world system. You know, control comes into it. You know, when you, if you can surrender your money, the world system, if you, if you struggle with control, this is a good area to look at. What, what do my finances look, at, look like? Because if you can surrender this and do this God's way, then you're pretty much there because it's such it had, can have such a hold on you. But if you're banging, keep banging your head up a, a brick wall, have a look at this because if you can surrender this, it just opens up so much in God. Deuteronomy 28, 12 to 14 says this, The Lord will open the heavens the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you'll always be at the top and never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. And remember, God can, uh, money is like a god. Don't serve the god of money. There are spiritual principles that God gives us to follow so we can win with money and so we can be the head and not the tail. When we do things God says, he provides uh, supernaturally. And if we can have uh, the keys up, that would be awesome. Uh, something else that uh, myself and Jacob made a commitment to was to act our wage. Have you heard that one? To act your wage. Uh, we, so basically we began to spend less than we earned. And for some that's a no-brainer. But for me and Jacob it wasn't because we're both spenders. Naturally we're both spenders. You can either be a spender or you're more of a saver. And I've got two sons and one I can see is a spender. He's like, let's go shopping. And the other one's like, well, how much is that? Well, is that coming out of my money or your money? You know, and so you've got a spender and a saver. But the thing with me and Jacob is we're both spenders. And so it takes a lot of discipline uh, and delayed gratification uh, to be able to begin to manage our money well. And so we save up for things now that we want. You know, we don't just get things that we can't afford. And you know, we don't always get it right. You know, it's so easy in this day and age with all the interest-free stuff. It's so easy and you can get caught so quickly. And it's so important that we're aware of that. You know, I heard a story recently about uh, a way of budgeting for a family. So when the wife or the husband or the kids uh, wanted something and it wasn't in the budget, uh, they had this thing where it was, you know, I really want to give it to you, but Mr. Budget says no. And so it was always Mr. Budget's fault because Mr. Budget says no. And, uh, and so one time, they were, as a family, they were getting, going to McDonald's on a Friday night. This is in America. And, uh, and McDonald's had a thing where you can get for $1 a Happy Meal but without the toy. And, uh, and so they were going to Macca's on the, on the Friday night and the three-year-old girl in the back said, Mummy, can we please get a toy tonight? And she said to her three-year-old daughter, I know it breaks your heart. It's like, just give her the toy. <laughs> See, I'm a spender. <laughs> and, um, and please, mummy, can we please have a toy? And the mum said, 
Uh, I would really love to give you uh, a toy, buy the toy for you, but Mr. Budget says no. And then apparently, and this is a true story, and apparently you hear in the back, I wish Mr. Budget would die. <laughs> I want Mr. Budget to die. I can so relate though. It's painful at times when you just want something, you know. It's painful, but the flesh has to die, right? The flesh has to die. We don't always get what we want or what we think that we want to do things God's way. But in the end, you're going to win. Maybe not in the moment in your mind like that little girl, but I bet, you know, you know who knows in the future what she, where she was going to be able to, how she was going to live. They were doing what they were doing as a family now. But, I mean, who knows what was up ahead? An amazing holiday? You know, who knows? A car when she turns a certain age because their parents were making sacrifices now. But this is where trust and faith kicks in, you know, when we're allowing the flesh to die and we're trusting to do things God's way. It's where you get to keep your peace and your joy, right? You get to keep it because you're doing it God's way and not your own way. When we do things our own way, when we, when, when we do things outside of his will, we, we lose our peace, we lose our joy. And so much better to, yeah, we want Mr. Budget to die, but let the flesh die and we get to stay in peace and joy. Fulfillment, knowing that you're right in the middle of God's will. It's where you don't have to be in control and worried about your finances because you are doing what God says and he'll take care of it. And that's the cool thing as well. He'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. You won't always feel like you're on the back foot because he's going to take care of it because you're doing what you need to be doing in the natural and then he adds the supernatural. You know, so many of us are caught up in this trap of, of bondage, of running up debts and, and living outside of our means and not acting our wage. But today we can make a decision to change that, just as myself. And we're still learning, we're still growing, you know. But just as we made that decision, the first decision was to tithe and then it was to give over and above our tithe. And then it was like, hey, we learnt another part in our finances. Let's get out of de debt and not live like that anymore. And then we're still making decisions even today moving forward in our finances and today you can make a decision too and it can be different for every person for, for for some of you it might be today i make a decision to tithe and not just tithe once tithe regularly that could be for someone today or maybe for someone today it's like today i decide to i'm going to get out of debt i'm, I'm not going to be in debt anymore i'm going to make this commitment to get out of debt For some of you, you spend more than you earn. So you're thinking, hey, I need Mr. Budget. I might not like him, but I need him in my life. So let's get out Mr. Budget, put together a plan, and with God's grace, stick to that budget so that we can be begin to move forward with money. You've got the leg of generosity and the leg of good stewardship. Which, which side of you? What's God saying to you today? It's going to be different for everybody here this morning. But make a commitment today. Today's the day. Today's the day where you can choose and make a commitment in the area that God's speaking to you about. Is that all right? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for who you are, Father God. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your truth. 24 karat gold with a lifetime guarantee accurate to the nth degree 
We thank you that we can do things your way, Lord God. Where we have been uh, serving money and looking to God, uh, looking to money as a God, we just surrender that today, Lord God. We repent. We ask for forgiveness, and we thank you that you're a loving and merciful God. I just want you to spend some time doing business with him just right now, just between you and God. Lord, I just pray for those that are really struggling in their finances as well, Father God. We pray that you give them wisdom, that you show them what their next step is, that you help them to be good stewards to handle and manage the money well that they do have. Those that need to step out in generosity, Lord, I pray that you give them the courage and the strength that they need. For those that have an unhealthy relationship with money, those that where, where healing's even needed, Lord God, I pray that you come into that place, Lord, and we pray for healing, Father God. We thank you for your blessing, Lord. We thank you that we can live beyond bless, Lord God. And we pray that your will be done in our lives, Father. In Jesus' name. And just while we're in this attitude of prayer, I just want to give an opportunity to anybody who's in here this morning that hasn't entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to do that. And so it's just a simple prayer if you want to pray after me and mean it with all your heart. God, I thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. And today I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Fantastic. Pass back to Adele.